재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back to Koreascape. This is a really fun part of the week. You know by now it's when ladies from Buri Kitchen come into the studio. Buri Kitchen, double B-U-R-I, kitchen.com. It's a blog exploring local chef Jung So-young. Together, we bring you local eats, which we hope is something that appeals to the inner foodie in everyone out there. Ladies, welcome back to the studio. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. How are you doing? Have you been uh, busy as always? Yeah. Crisscrossing <laughs> Korea? Yes, we did. Of course we have. Yeah. Yep. And we're, we're bringing something kind of special to you here today. Where'd you go in a nutshell? Just uh, oh, we went to south, north, east, west? Oh, uh, south. South? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. The southern Achala province. So we're getting seasonal as always. We've been for the last few weeks doing greens and leafy things and stem things. Uh, we're going a slightly different direction today. A yes. bit more of a fruity direction. I think you'll be happy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm always happy. When am, I ne- when am I not happy with what you bring in? Thank you. <laughs> Maybe a little less... Uh Sh- less of a shock to the palate today. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, something more That's appropriate for 9.35. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> hit me, Soyoung. Chef, what, 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 what do you have? Uh, today we have a very exciting green uh, apricot-looking. Um, uh, it is called as mesi it, uh, in Korean. Mm-hmm. It's a bright green fruit that you can find in the market every everywhere these days um it it, it is called uh, in english it is called a chinese plum or japanese apricot mm-hmm. but um somehow korea got left off so we will stick with the calling it mesa for today just stick with the native word so yes. we won't call it a plum or an apricot that's an interesting kind of range of fruit there mm-hmm. um but meshil is a nice name so mm-hmm. uh, what why is there not an English name for the Korean version, uh, Sonia? Well, I think it has something to do with the history, probably. Um, so they call it Chinese plum because it originated in China some 3,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually also really popular in Japan, which is why it, and it sort of became known to the West through Japan. Mm-hmm. I think it, the, the scientific name um, also refers to the Japanese name for Meishu as well. Um, so we do have a record, though. I mean, it, it is native to Korea um, in the sense that you know it came to Korea from at least the 6th century, we know. Okay. Um, and, uh, but it just became way more popular in Japan. Um, but if you look at the name, in Chinese they call it Mei, in Japanese it's Ume, and in Korean it's Meishu. So it's, it's very linked and it's, it's the same tree. I'm fairly convinced I have a Meishu tree in my yard. Um, in my yard there's a tree, f- get, right now it's full of fruits. They start green, then they get a little reddish, uh, and then they get deep purple. Oh. Is that what Meishil? And they're they're wonderful. They're plums. Um, is, is the skin I, fuzzy or is the skin? It's not fuzzy. It's smooth. Oh, then um, I think it's a tattoo. Probably. Ah, uh, it's a tattoo tree then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang it. All right. So <laughs> Meishil have fuzz. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, little. A little bit like an apricot or a nectar, not a nectarine, a uh, peach. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh-huh. So Meishil, once upon a time in the sixth century, came from abroad. But now we consider it kind of a Korean local, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mesu in Korea have been around for a long time, mm. and it is used for medical products or something like that. But it's mostly been a very local product for a food-related item. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Where does is there any place that particularly specializes in them? 
yes, uh, Jeollanam-do Gwangyang region, um, because uh, we met a farmer there, and then farmer explained Busan is the warmest, you know, southeast part, so Busan supposed to be the spot, but since there is a big fishery, you know, industry, so they don't plant the trees, and then the next region is Gwangyang, so they have a lot of mountains mm. and streams not far from the ocean, and you know it's warm, so uh, they grow. It becomes you know very uh, special area for Messil. I think I saw on your blog the picture of the two of you in these wide-brimmed hats. Is that the <laughs> Mayshill farm where you took those pictures? No, that's a different farm. That's a different yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, let's yeah. not confuse people. Sure, but sure, sure. Yeah, you were down there in the warm Cholanamdo South, uh, checking out the Mayshill. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's actually when we met this uh, farmer, as I was mentioning. And he's yes. a very interesting guy because he actually is trying to introduce oh, Hwang Mayshill, yeah. mm-hmm, which is yellow Mayshill, a more ripened version. So he was showing us that and he actually we actually talked to him and interviewed him as well. All right. These apricots are really small, right? But here in Korea, the Meishil quality standards are measured by how green and big the fruits are. If they're big and bright green, the price is really high. But these small yellow Meishil are really inexpensive. And while I haven't directly measured the levels of citric acid myself, if you taste it and you work with it, then you know the scent is great, the taste is great, and the flavors are just so incredible. Farmer sounded an awful lot like GP. <laughs> so, yeah. GP's secret double life. <laughs> As a Mayshield farmer. And a very good voice. Amazing, uh, amazing commute that he does every day. So, yeah, um, what does it taste like, a Mayshield, basically? Um, the green measure usually most of the Koreans I eat these days, it's very sour, tart, and it's very hard to eat as a roll. But uh, we taste the ripened one. It was uh, slightly, you know, <laughs> less sour, but it's still quite sour and, you know, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sour, very similar to most fruits, I dare say. At the, at the early stage, at the green stage, uh, it's going to be very sour, tart puckering mm-hmm. and then um is there any particular reason to consume the fruit at that stage is it uh, better for your health or something well i think there are different like takes on it so as Sayang mentioned earlier like this like fruit mesh was known as like kind of a medicinal um kind of uh fruit and the people say that health benefits are, are are really good but um I think these days, like, um, this farmer's trying to, like, focus more on the benefits of the flavor and the scent of actually using more developed and ripened measure. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, there's some talk that, there, you know, there are toxins and if the fruit is too young. If it's too young. And he was telling us about this, you know, graph where if you look at the age of the fruit and if it gets a little bit older, the, the, the level of toxins in the fruit actually drops. So that's another reason he was promoting, like, the... Uh-huh. Wait till it's ripe. It's a good yeah. idea with most fruit, I think. Right, right, yeah. Right. So he's a uh, he's uh, trying to like uh, persuade and educate you know people like because young 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 meso has you know less flavor mm. and you know it's a less nutritious uh, stuff. So he's trying to you know educate more mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things I envy you guys about in your gallivanting across the across Korea is you get to talk to these people, you know, and you get to hear from people whose whole day is just, uh, you know, harvesting shrimp or harvesting meshil or uh, making things from these local products. I mean, it's a very, I don't know, a very wholesome lifestyle, even if it's 
uh, hard-working kind of thing. Uh, did you get a chance to, to, to talk much more to these uh, Meishu guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we actually, and the farmer had one more thing to follow up, but he did want to, like, add that, you know, the reason why the green uh, Meishu are being harvested, like, so early, it's actually really difficult for the farmers to, to wait for ripening or to, um, to, to sell the ripened Meishu, as you'll he, explain right now. So this information, it should be more widely known and we should be telling more consumers about it. But basically, if you go to the wholesale market, the pricing standards are based on how bright green and large the meishil are. Because the standards aren't right, you can't charge for the ripened fruit. But on the other hand, for the farmers harvesting meishil, the cost of labor is really high. To equal the weight of one big fruit, how many of these little fruits do you think you have to pick? It doesn't match. So a lot of farmers have given up on these smaller meishu. It's such a pity. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, they... They're very small. They're almost not worth harvesting, he says, right? Uh, um, there, are, there are different kinds of... Meishu. Different sizes, uh-huh. different v- varieties. Uh-huh. Ah, so okay. he was explaining, uh, showing us in a very small, tiny meso. Mm. And he actually said the meso, the small one, tastes, uh, tastes more aroma, you know, more taste. But mm. people just uh, uh, value of the size and I how see. green it is but it's a uh, wrong information so uh-huh. uh, because there is a uh, less people who want to help this you know small um different species and then farmers started you know not growing them so we are kind of you know we have a very small market we have we have kind of you know one one species of, or two species mm-hmm. mm. but there are, there are actually 10 varieties of meshu in korea are there really wow mm-hmm. and they're just sort of not i think as widely appreciated the meshu trees if it's anything like the chadu tree in my yard it's it's a quite a tall tree isn't it no, yeah, it can be. Um. Yeah, and so I always wondered how the uh, you know the sajangnim, the jipjuin, would harvest these things. You know, does he climb up in the tree? But he's got these great sort of you know pickers that <laughs> drop it right into a bag. Is that how they harvest at the uh, Meishin farm as well? Oh, actually, no. They they pick by hand. They pick by hand. Yeah, that's why uh, farmers they want to pick it, you know, earlier stage before they, you know, drop automatically. Mm. And he already exp- uh, he also explained uh, a message is very interesting. So it uh, naturally, if they compete in within the trees, so if a little weak message just uh, drops automatically, so they lose a lot at mm. the early stage. So the farmers don't want to waste those. Ah. So they want to pick it up early, and then they started promoting, you know green young mesa and uh, he wanted to fix you know the right information so we really encourage that and you know Definitely, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a couple of times you mentioned that people used meshil for medicine how did, do you boil it or what do you do for medicinal purposes well back in the day like a long time ago we were talking to some of the uh, village like elders and like their um their memories of child as uh, of being children in, in this area and mm. their moms would feed them this um what they call it meshil kore meshil ko meshil ko which is some kind of like very deep like dark black extract mm. and like the grandmothers would kind of gather a bunch of like old mesh in a bag and let it kind of drip into a pot and then you know it was this really bitter <laughs> sour kind of concoction but yeah. apparently it was very good for you yeah yeah sort and the distilled stock. Okay, something like a digestion problem. My 할머니, my grandma, always used to ask me drink the 
즐금가루물. It's a, the barley sprout water uh-huh. to make a shikhe. Oh, so then then she just uh, diluted with the water, and then it tastes like. For young kids, it's so like, oh my god! I didn't want to drink it. But Is she this always, a punishment? Yeah, yeah, she always asked me to drink that one. But I realize how good it is because it has so much enzyme in there, and then it breaks mm. down your, you know, stuff in your stomach. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very scientific. Mm. I think that sounds right. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost like introducing a live culture and. Yeah. Not to mention all of the sort of fiber and whatever other properties it might have. So you guys were down in uh, Gwangyang. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, kind of the Korean capital of Malaysia? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> do they brag about it? Oh, is yes. It, do they yes. market it? Uh-huh. Um, and also, there is a very famous lady whose name is Hong Sang-ni, and she's the, the Malaysia master, like artisanal master. The queen lady. of Malaysia. Yes, yes. She has, uh, I heard uh, her... Measure farm is maybe three times bigger than Yeoido. Three times bigger than Yeoido. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I heard. That's a pretty big farm. It's so big. I've been there once. Uh, her place is very famous for her measure flower. Yeah. Imagine like a whole like mountain, like a two couple of mountains are covered with white, you know, blossoming, you know, mm. measure flower. That's too big to walk around that farm. She must use like a yogurt ajuma cart or something. <laughs> like that. I saw your Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the one great thing, so she uh, wanted to make it pre- as the prettiest, so she planned also but young barley sprout under the measure trees so um, when there is no green so barley sprout is completely green as well so green and white it's beautiful you, oh, you yeah. gotta go and see that just sounds like yeah wonderful spring thing mm-hmm. is there like a chukje around that or mm-hmm. yes yes there is okay. a mehua kut. I'm putting that on the calendar I think it, that sounds great if listeners want to save it for next year mehua kut is yeah. the name of the flower and it, it happens in March mm-hmm Okay, that's mm-hmm. definitely going on the calendar for next year. Kwangyang mm-hmm. in March to see. That'll dovetail real nicely with the, um, what are the cherry blossoms called again? Oh, uh, Pot-kot. Pot-kot. Oh, oh, and Pot-kot. then is oh. cherry blossoms? Yeah, mm-hmm. so those must kind of come out together-ish, right? Mehwakko comes little earlier. Little earlier. Little earlier, but it's a very similar season, and you have to call them and then check, you know, because it's a very short time. And... Uh, the left side of land is covered with mehwakko, and there is a main Samjinggang, the river runs, and on the right side, there is a whole cherry blossom um, trees. So it's just amazing, you know, mm. fantastic view. So the flowers are out in March, and then when does the fruit start making its appearance? Um, about 100 days later, starting from about 100 days after the flowers drop and the fruit starts to form, you'll get your kind of... I guess, early ripening kind of measures. So the the farmer explained that before 100 days, it's too early. But at 100 days, it's sort of like perfectly unripe. So it's just got that kind of like um, just about to turn kind of and just mm-hmm. about to ripen. And, and you can use those, was it he said the, the earliest measure you can use for changatsi or pickles, right? Yes, the green Ooh, one. That sounds lovely. Yeah. I just talked about <laughs> fried green tomatoes the other day. I wonder if you could fry green meshil that same way if you are a big fan of huge sourness <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, when you fr- when you fry it when you, green tomatoes are sour yeah, too that's, that's but you true. fry those and something happens i don't know what and it that's, gives them sort that's of a, very interesting i will i will try Kurt. yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i will try and let me know in fact uh-huh. uh, make them for me and if they're good mm-hmm. you know we put them with goat cheese or something like that i think it would be awesome mm. make like a little mm. almond flour uh coating on it fry those mm-hmm. and then a little red pepper 
pepper uh, sauce and the goat cheese. But one thing is I never tasted your food. Just to cook for us. Well, yeah. have you noticed that you're never available? You're always in a car going halfway across the country. <laughs> You're one of the most hard-to-book people in my life, chef. Come on. Starting to take it personally. You know, another thing I'm kind of taking personally here is that uh, despite all this talk about mechil, mm -hmm. I'm noticing there aren't any mechil on the table here in front of me. <laughs> What's up with that? Well, we did bring in um, some mechil tongue or mechil syrup for you. Syrup. So, did um, you make it, chef? My mom made it. <laughs> <laughs> but the fruit itself, is the fruit hard to transport or something? Or? Uh, no, actually. Uh, you ate all of them, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you don't drink it, you said. You just smell it? I just smell it. Yeah. If I were to drink it, it's too sweet or sour? Or? It's a, it's a sweet. It's, a sh uh, it's not completely syrup, but it's, it's a kind of you know, fermented mm. syrup. So mm. I think it's been more than a year now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It smells like prunes, which is mm -hmm. completely natural because it's yep. basically a plum. Mm -hmm. It smells like prune juice. Uh, this is the most uh, typical way for Korean people to uh, play with the uh, mesil. So you mix with one part of sugar and one part of mesil and then put it into the jar and leave, uh, you know, until all the sugar melts. And then sometimes you stir it and let it ferment. And after, mm. people usually, you know, strain it, but you don't have to strain it. So ferment, let it ferment. When fruit ferments, Usually that yields sul. Is there sul in this? Mm -mm, it doesn't have any like a sugarness in there. The to make a alcohol, you need some kind of uh, sugarness, you know, the sweetness to I be fermented. But it doesn't. The mesh doesn't have the sugar. All right. It's it's very so sour. So you've got a little cup. You're giving me about, about okay. half of the syrup. Are you going to mix it with water, like a hongcho kind of thing? Yeah. I like hongcho. I make a nice punch with uh, mm -hmm. persimmon hongcho. And it's really nice. Mm -hmm. So this is cut down. This is no longer going to be too um, sour or too sweet. Mm -mm. It's going, you know, for last. Right, mm -hmm. I'm going to give this mm -hmm. a try now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be really good for your digestion as well. Yes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, if you have any tummy troubles, you should mm. take some mesh at home. Yeah, this is very pleasant. This is like um, a very thin version of prune juice, you know. Mm -hmm. um, prune juice, uh, when you buy it, say, as as prune juice in the states uh, it's very it's very thick it's almost a treacle like juice and it's prescribed for you know when you have dap uh, dap you know stomach uh, kind of thing but um, this is very tasty mm. i would make a punch out of this throw a little uh, throw a little soju in this you get a party Hi. i ex i already <laughs> knew you mentioned you would mention this <laughs> and uh, this is the exactly same ingredient that you can use for your cooking so if you see korean recipes everywhere nowadays you know called mesil chang and this is the, the, the fermented syrup that you can use. So in addition to uh, fried green mechil and uh, mechil syrup like this, which mm -hmm. you just basically let some uh, mechil just kind of mash and ferment, what would you be inclined to do with uh, mechil? Could you make mechil sort of like jam for your toast? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh -huh. Sonia, you tasted mechil jam. Right? Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Um, the farmer, um, Young, Young Day, Mr. Yes. Young Day, mm -hmm. who sent to, or who... Um, who we visited also um, let us taste some mechil jam. Um, but one thing we did learn is that mechil chung is not actually not a very old product in Korea. It's really only become pretty popular in the last, what, 10 years or so? Is that right? Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so they do um, jam, and they also actually make some um, Japanese product called umeboshi. Ume, what is that? Um, it's like a, it's a very soft, pickled product. Uh, apricot or um, or mesher that they color red with mm. um, a kind of a, a kind of pink, right? Kind of pink. It's mm -hmm. like this very deep pink mm -hmm. color. And that's like a panchan kind of thing? 
for Japanese people, but mm -hmm. I don't know why, but not many Korean people are a big fan of uh, umeboshi, especially me. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, I love it. I, I bet you I would like it too. It reminds me, you can get in China those sort of uh, shriveled, dried plums that yeah. are salted and sugared a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Are yes, those meishil? Yes. Those are different plums. Uh, I think they call it as a Chinese plum meishil. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. So nice. those are nice. You can buy those right in the airport when you're mm. on a layover in China or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're really sour, but uh -huh. uh, they're very pleasant, you know? Yeah, I know. You mean the dried one, right? The dried, uh -huh. dehydrated ones uh -huh. that are rolled in a little salt and uh -huh. sugar. It's I got sort of. Uh, mm -hmm. Both flavors. Yeah, I, I think umeboshi has a kind of in you know, a similar flavor profile. Like it's, it's, uh, it's a little saltier than you know sweet flavor. But Korean people, the way how we eat it is uh, mostly we make measure chang, and uh, the second way is measure jangachi. But this jangachi usually it's quite salty, but this one is just sweet. So what exactly is jangachi again? Jangachi, uh, you uh, uh, ferment your vegetable with a uh, like a gochujang, denjang, ganjang. I see. So the, mm -hmm. the basis of the fermentation is the partially fermented mechil, and that uh, that will that will help ferment your vegetables for the The tang, the tang, the, the either twenjang or the or soy sauce will help ferment the the, the mechil. The mechil. Yeah. So I'm not mm. sure whether we can call this one as a changachi because it's not you know seasoning with the tang. Oh, but you know after you cure with the sugar and then people season with the gochujang, mechil changachi when they season it, when they eat it on your table. Oh, so they don't actually, like, mix it with the tang. I think, <clears throat> don't they, like, mix it with soy sauce and keep it in a jar with the soy sauce and then it... The meshil changachi? Mm -hmm. No, mix it with the sugar. And then let it cure first and mm -hmm. then season with the gochujang, usually. Ah, so right before serving. Yes, yes. Ah. <laughs> or you can season with the gochujang and then you can keep it. Okay, mm -hmm. and then let it sit in yeah. that as well. Otherwise, you know, because there is no sweet flavor in uh, meshil, so it's going to be too sour. Meshil raisin ice cream. That's the thought I want to leave you with. Oh. I think that would oh. be really nice. Oh. The meshil kind of, it's like rum raisin kind of thing. You've got almost the, the alcohol-ish flavor from uh -huh. the meshil. Mix in some raisins, possibly even if rum. you're feeling crazy, some walnuts. Mm -hmm. And I and think rum. that would make it. Well, <laughs> then you're cheating because you're deriving your flavor from the rum. That we way. have an ice cream maker friend. <laughs> All right. We would like to know. Let's bring them in next time. That'll do it for our time for Local Eats this week. Ladies, thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. And that'll bring today's Koreascape to a close. The show is produced by Christina Saw with associate production from Jamie Lee. GP1 is our writer, and I'm Kurt Asian. Remember, we're on Facebook or Twitter. Koreascape is the handle. And tune in tomorrow. We're back at 9 a.m. with Culture Pulse and Time Out Soul magazine. We'll see you then.